we tell our young people all the time as we encourage them to memorize scripture and things, the teenagers and things, that um, it's, it's not about standing up in front of saying, saying it. It's, it's about the moments when you're needing encouragement or the, the devil's fighting or you're trying to help someone and the Holy Spirit prompts that verse back to your heart. Um, the reason why we come up here and the pastor had everyone, had people come up here and to do it is to encourage one another. I, 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 um, look, if Brother Harold can do it, anybody can do it. No offense, Brother Harold. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, and, and, uh, encourages me and, and I think it's something in our houses and our homes that we really should be working on together as a home, memorizing scripture together, encouraging one another to memorize scripture. Um. And, and, and of those natures. John chapter 18, and we, I, I say this, <laughs> it's dangerous ground when a preacher says this, we won't be long tonight. Um, it's always a dangerous ground when, when preachers say that, so pray for me. But um, I want to I bring out a phrase and then, and then look at just a phrase this evening that, that um, in a passage that uh, I know that I have preached, it's been years, it's been probably the first year that we were here. Um, so back in 2018 on this passage and there's a phrase that in reading John 18 many years ago as I was reading it there was a phrase that stood out to me as unique because of some of the things that the thoughts that it carries along with it as you think you know so so many times when we read the word of God what we do is we read the word of God and we'll pass over something and it may not be the main point of the scripture or something but it is a, a thought that, that brings with it, or it's a phrase that conveys other things to be thought about. And so many times what we do is we get into the habit of reading our Bible and our daily devotions, and we're trying to get through a passage, you know, a certain amount to keep up with our devotion or whatever we're doing. And a phrase will jump out to us, but we just kind of like, oh, that's interesting, and we move along because we're trying to get our portion of Scripture read and so on and so forth. This is why I honestly believe that God, knowing us and in creating us, told us, study to show thyself approved unto God. That's also why there's things in the Scripture where, where it's also told uh, in Psalms, often we are to meditate upon the Scriptures, to be in mindful uh, a thought about what the Lord said there, but, you know, there are implications that come with phrases and things being said in the Bible. We know that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God because He tells us that. There's not a single part of Scripture that's not profitable. He says in the same passage, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and it is profitable for instruction, for correction of righteousness, um, uh, for doctrine, for correction, for instruction of righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so there are sometimes even little phrases that may be adding to the story as a whole, but when we really start to think about what that phrase means or the implications of a phrase in a passage, it really can lead us to think about some things as we compare Scripture with Scripture. And so in John chapter 18, we come to one of these phrases that uh, I think has some importance in our lives as we remember and we take a moment to look at Jesus, but not just at Jesus, those that are around Him, Remember, as I said this morning as we were preaching, Christ is our example. We are to be like Him. That is what Christian means. And we come here and we're able to see 
and uh, compare Christ with those around him. It's a contrast, if you will. And sadly, more often than not, if we actually were honest with ourselves, we can find ourselves more like the people that are around Christ than we can like Christ himself in a passage of Scripture. And John 18 is one of those passages. John 18 verse 1 says, When Jesus had spoken these words, He went forth with His disciples over the brook Kedron, where was a garden into which He entered and His disciples. Verse number 2 says this, and this phrase at the beginning is what grabbed my attention. And Judas also, which betrayed Him, knew the place for Jesus oft times resorted thither with his disciples. And for just a few moments tonight, I'd like to to preach on this idea, this thought, that Judas also knew the place. Judas also knew the place. See, when we think about the Garden of Gethsemane in that time that Christ comes with his disciples, we all know the story. We know who was the one that brought the soldiers to him. We all know it was Judas. We all know that Jesus greets them and He greets Judas with the kiss of a friend and He asks them, who are you looking for? And they say, we look for Jesus Christ. And He says, I am He. And the very power of His words knocked them into the ground. We know that Peter gets in a, in a, in a, in a, a tizzy. He gets ready. He's ready to fight. And what does He do? He draws the sword and He cuts the man's ear off. Jesus reaches down and picks up the man's ear and He places it back on his head. We know these things. But God in His divine wisdom gives us a little insight to something that if we're we just in the passing, we might miss this truth when God says in verse 2, He says, And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place for Jesus oft time resorted thither with His disciples. You know, we knew that Judas knew where he would be. But how? Because he knew who Christ was. Christ was a man of prayer. If you look throughout all of Scripture, all of the Gospel records, before Christ would go and have uh, some of His greatest miracles, you can find Him praying. Before His busiest day of miracles, before His busiest day of ministries, Where is Christ early that morning? Praying. Before he goes into the place of Golgotha, he spends time in this garden doing what? Praying. And how is it that Judas knew exactly where... I mean, think about this. They're in the the upper room, right? And uh, Jesus says, one of you will betray me this evening. And he talks about... And all of that, uh, Judas is made known to be the traitor. He gets up and he, he leaves, right? He's gone. Christ finished talking to the disciples in the upper room. It says when they had sang a song, they departed out. And he knew exactly where God would be. It wasn't like one of those things where Judas goes, well, there's a handful of places we could be and if we have sent some soldiers to go there and some soldiers go there. And No, Judas also knew the place. How is it that Judas knew exactly where Jesus Christ would be? Some would say, well, it was appointed for Christ to die, and so, so you know, Judas was led. 
there's something to be said about that, but I think it, it, it can be more often pointed in this passage when we read this verse that the reason Judas knew where Christ was is because he, he knew what Christ would be doing. He knew Christ would be praying. And when we look and think and take an evaluation of our own Christian lives, I wonder what those around us, even the nearest, dearest to us. Remember, this is not a man who's been in a far from a distance watching Jesus. This is a man for, for these many years, for these past three years, has been walking with Jesus, has been talking with Jesus, has been serving with Jesus, has been beside Jesus. This is a man who Jesus just washed his feet. He, he's been served by the Almighty God. He knew where Jesus was. And if I may for a moment, husbands in this room, if something were to happen and your wives were looking for you, if they were looking for your character, if they were looking for you, is it the place of prayer where they know they could find you? Wives, is it the place of prayer that your children, when they look at you, they say, oh, I know my mom's praying for me. Children, young people, is it an obedient, prayerful child who's praying for their parents that your parents see or is it a rebellious teenager, a rebellious young person who has a bad spirit and a bad attitude? And, and I wonder if we were to be honest with ourselves, how many people around us could say, I know where they'd be. See, the thing is, is it wasn't about the fact that Judas knew the place. It was about the fact that Jesus was where he needed to be, and it was in the garden praying. When we look at this passage here in the garden, we know here. Look, at, look again at this word. Judas also knew the place. Look at what, what it says, the why behind why Judas also knew the place. For Jesus, look at that next word, oft times. That word oft times is an old English word that I, I don't know. I, I'm not one that I use on a regular basis. It's not something I go around saying oft times that I use a word. But the word means literally often, regular, in a place of habit. It's a, if you will, it, it is a place that um, Jesus would frequent. Some of you could be said, and so and so oft times visited Chick fil A. That's your place. <laughs> Others of you, it might be, uh, for some of you gentlemen, oft times they went fishing, or oft times they went working on their vehicle, or for the teenagers, oft times they were found playing video games. But when it came to Jesus, Jesus was oft times found in the garden praying. But let's not forget, we know that when Jesus Christ came to earth, He put on a robe of flesh. But He did not cease to be God. God Almighty was found praying oft times. And I would ask you this evening, what are your oft time places? Remember the season that, that Jesus is getting ready to go through. He knows what is destined for him. Brother Pope uh, spoke so well about it in our, in our meeting just a, a few weeks back when he talked about that cup, the cup of God's wrath. 
that Jesus knew that he was about to partake of. And it wasn't that he wasn't willing. He was just simply saying, God, if it be your will, let this pass from me. Because he knew his own wrath. Let's be honest with each other right now, right? Honestly, let's be, let's be truthful. When your kid just irritates the fire out of you and makes you mad from disobeying and, and makes you upset, let's be honest, you know your own wrath. Right? Parents agree with me, right? Amen? And here is God Almighty knowing His indignation for sin, that He is holy and cannot look upon it, and He knows what He's about to partake of. He's heading into a season in His life that He is saying, I, I cannot do this outside of, Lord, Your Spirit and Your help. I need Your prayer. And they knew where He would be, and it was praying. And let's look at just a few individuals in this passage here and let's see how they reacted to these off times because guess what? Jesus wasn't the only one who was off time there. Look at the verse again in verse 2. It says, For Jesus oft times resorted thither with His disciples. See, this is not just Jesus going and praying by Himself. This is Jesus going and praying and His disciples are with Him. And yet when we look at the passage, no one else is spending time in prayer with Christ. They all have their own reaction to it. First, let's look at Judas. Judas' response to the off times is this. Judas was ready to trade these off time moments for worldly things. Remember, this is the familiar to the disciples. If you would, for an example, this is prayer and Bible study. This is church services. This is fellowship with the believer. This is their moments of time of getting together, gathering one another, praying with one another, being with Christ. And what does Judas do? He trades it all. Trades it all. Can I remind you that it wasn't just that long ago, if you were to go back into the Scriptures, that that Jesus takes the disciples up into the mount, right? Now, he leaves some of the disciples there, but he takes who? Peter, James, and John apart. And they would say, would you just give us a glimpse of God? And and remember, they see Isaiah and and Moses and, and the glory of God. We all remember that story. Guess who was there? Judas. He He was there with all the other disciples. They knew it happened. And here's a person who says, nah, you know what, it's just not that important. I'd rather have 30 pieces of silver. Some say, well, he was the devil. That's what the Bible says, yes. But he was still there. How many times do we, as proclaimed by testimony Christians, say, yeah, you know, I I know God's going to meet us at church, but I just can't make it. I have other things to do. I know I need to spend time in prayer this morning, but you know what? I really got to get up and get to work. I really need to spend time with God and His Word today, and I'm just... So much more important things to do. That's not what we would say with our mouth in front of other people's, but that's what we say with our heart and our actions when we look away from the things of God and we become enamored with the things of this world. I got to go make money. So I can have more. Is that not what Judas did? 
Ooh, this is an opportunity for me to have some extra money. It's really not all that. Prayer? That's all he does anyways. I know where he'll be. You want to know how I know where he'll be? Because that's what he always does. He's found praying. You want to know where Jesus is? I can take you there. Sure. Just give me some silver. I'll take you right to him because I know where he'll be. He'll be communing with God Almighty in prayer. Judas traded these moments of off time because he knew the place where God would be and he traded it. He traded it for worldly possessions. What about the rest of the disciples? If you would, would you take your Bibles and turn back to Luke chapter 22 as we see uh, the same account given in Luke's life here as far as Luke is recording this on behalf of what the Holy Spirit is putting on his heart. And Luke chapter 22, we see some things as the the disciples are headed into. And I tell you, you want to know why the, the disciples we see in that passage fell asleep? We know the story, right? Jesus goes into the garden. He says, sit here a while and pray while I go and pray a little further. And he comes back and they're sleeping. And he says, what? Can you not even pray an hour? And he goes and he prays again. He comes back. He said, what? Could you not even pray for just a little while? And he goes again and he prays and he comes back and he says, you know what? You just you, Those things. Why were the disciples asleep? Luke chapter 22. We know Judas makes the agreement to, to betray Christ in the beginning of the chapter. But as we come to the middle of chapter Luke, chapter 22, and, and verse number 24, and it says, And there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. The disciples missed this off time because they were so worried with what everyone else thought. Hey, hey, Jesus, you know, hey, we've been having this conversation and, um, hey, I'm your favorite, right? I'm the one who's been the most loyal, right? I'm the one you like the best, right? Right, Jesus? Who's the greatest? God's been telling them all these years, there's a point for me, I've come that I might seek and save that which lost. He's told them that there's a point in time where they're they're going, that, that, uh, that he's going to die on the cross. And what are they saying? Hey, which one of us is the best? Which one of us has been the most faithful? Which one of us has done the most work? Which one of us has sacrificed the most? Which one of us are you the proudest of? Which one of us get up and, and can quote the scripture the best or so on? I mean, that's what they were worried about, what everybody else thought. Instead of worrying about spending time with God Almighty in prayer and in supplication. They have the Almighty God before them. And they say there was strife amongst them. Which of them should be accounted the greatest? It says, and he said unto them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But ye shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger. And he that is the chief... Also he that does serve. It's amazing to me that they're in the upper room. There's strife and contention about, hey, what's going on here? You know, who's the greatest here? And Jesus, who, by the way, let's just be clear, is the greatest among them, has just gotten down on his hands and knees and washed their feet. And they're worried about who's the greatest. They missed it. Entirely. 
And before we get too... Man, them disciples. The truth is, is we all miss it all the time, too. We're worried about if we've been blessed the most by God, if God has answered our prayers more than others. Why is God answering their prayers and he's not answering mine? Why is he blessing them and he's not blessing me? Why do they seem like God's taking care of them? We're so worried and worried about what God thinks and other people think about them over there and them. And we're not worried in the least about what God thinks about us. About spending that time in communion with God. We're so worried about, if you excuse me, if you will, our friendships and our fellowships inside the church that we've forgotten the greatest fellowship we're supposed to have, the one with God. It's about communion with Him, not communion with you. Now, let me say this. I am thankful for our church family. I am thankful for the fellowship that we are able to have one with another. Look, look, when you look around our church, we have people from all over the country from different backgrounds, and yet we can all come together and we can fellowship because we have one great bond. It is Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord for it. But when we walk through the doors, it's about Him. It's about our relationship with Him. It's about our fellowship with Him. How's your fellowship with God, not how's your fellowship with man? Tell my kids, and, 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 I, and I'm so thankful for it. Man, I'm so excited to go to church to be able to see my friends. That's great. I'm happy they have friends here. But I remind them, that's not why we go to church. We go to be with God. And the fact that we can meet with God and do it while we fellowship with friends is a blessing and a gift from God. The disciples miss it because they were too busy with other men's thoughts. You dig a little deeper, you go a little closer, and there's another person. He's in the disciples' But his name's Peter. Look at verse number 33 with me of Luke chapter 22, if you will. Verse 31, he says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired. Notice this, if you will. They're, 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 They're having strife over who's the greatest. And who does Jesus pick out to point to? He doesn't talk to John. He doesn't talk to Tom. I mean, he talks to all of them. But then he goes a little further and he says, Hey, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And what's Paul's, uh, Peter's answer here? Peter says, and he said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee both into prison and into death. <laughs> Jesus says, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou know me. What does Paul say? He says this. I got it. I got your back. Because Paul was more concerned with his strength of himself than of going and praying and needing God's strength. Peter, yes, thank you. (laughs) Peter was so worried with, I can do it. I can do it. My strength. Look what he says. I'm ready to die for you. Let's do this thing. Grabs the sword and with shaky hands. He, let's be honest. In that garden, do you think Peter was trying to cut the man's ear off? No, he was trying to cut the guy's head off in his shaky hand because he wasn't as strong as he thought he was. Missed and chopped the guy's ear off. Probably had big ears anyways that were sticking way out and easy to hit. I mean, that's right. And here's Peter who says, I don't need to go with you into the garden. Where's Peter found in the garden? Is he with Jesus praying? Mm-mm. He's with the disciples what? 
sleeping. Judas didn't want to be there. He knew where God would be. The disciples said, we've been here before. It's just Jesus praying. We're too worried about which one of us is the greatest to pay any attention to what Jesus is doing. Peter's in the garden. He's not praying with Jesus. No, no, he's sleeping too because what is he worried about? Ah, if something should happen, I'm okay. I got this. I got this. Jesus looks at him and says, Peter, you'll fail tonight. Before the cock crows three times, you will deny me. He says, but I've prayed for you. You know, we don't know everything that Christ prayed in that garden. But you know what I honestly believe based off of Scripture, as you compare Scripture with Scripture? Not only was Christ praying for that cup to pass, but I believe Christ was praying for Peter. You know what else? Knowing what Christ has prayed in the Scriptures as we find it, I believe He was praying for you and me. And let's be honest, if we'd been in that garden, we would have been asleep too. Because we come to the church services and we're not prepared. We haven't prepared our hearts. We haven't sought to dwell with Him. We're so worried with what the world thinks. We're so worried what others thinks. We're so worried about doing it in our own strength. And we become so complacent to these oft times. We're blessed people. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, special services. We get to join together and hear the Word of God preach. Oh, by the way, you have a copy of the Word of God in your own home that you're freely allowed to open without persecution to read and study and know. We're blessed people. I saw a statement this week. Hundreds of Christians in Afghanistan will die this week because they've traded faithfulness or they've traded security for faithfulness. But hundreds of Christians in America this week will stay at home because they've traded faithfulness for security. And if we're not careful, we get so complacent with these oft times. Oh, it's church day again. It's time to go back to church tonight. Just another Wednesday. Just another Sunday. Just another special meeting. Luke twenty two forty one says, starting in verse 39, it says, And he came out and he went as he was wont. You know what that says? He went the way that he always went. To the Mount of Olives, and disciples followed also him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And when he was withdrawn from them, about a stone's cast, he kneeled down and he prayed. Some of you are dealing with some of the biggest struggles that you've faced this year, let alone in your life, and you're not sure what to do. Let me tell you this. Don't trade it for Judas's world. Don't trade it for the disciples' decision of one another. And don't trade it for Peter's thinking that you're strong enough to deal with it. Just be like Jesus and run to Christ. Run to God in prayer. 
Say, I've done that before. So would Jesus. I've prayed. So would Jesus. You don't understand. I've labored. I've spent hours in prayer. So would Jesus. And Judas also knew. Mamas, dads, when your kids look at you, do they know you're people of prayer? Do they know you're people who prepare yourself for the preaching of the word? Do they know that you're a person who takes seriously your Bible time? Or when they look at you, do they see Judas or the disciples or Peter? Husbands, we're to be the leaders of the home. What's our family think of us when we come to these oft times in our lives? You want to know why our families don't have an important emphasis on the Word of God as far as taking things seriously? Because we don't do it. Everything rises and falls on leadership. It's time that we got back to being as Christ was. Yes, it's an off time. It's a familiar place. It's as He wants. It may be something familiar, but it's because it's important. I don't know about you. It goes back to the message pastor preached again. They're watching us. I don't want to be known as a Judas who also knew the place but missed it entirely. So my question to you tonight is this. The familiar, the oft times. What are you doing with them? What have you done with them? Let me say it this way. What have you done with them? We're honest with ourselves. Each and every one of us know we could have been a little bit more prepared for the things of God, the preaching of God, the prayer time with God. So my challenge to you tonight is why don't we come and spend some time in prayer when the altars are open and say, God, from going on forth, I want to be more like Christ when it comes to these off times and less like Judas. John says there in chapter 18, and Judas also knew the place. Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time. Lord, thank you that we have the Word of God that we can memorize, that we can read, that we can meditate on, that we can study, that we can open and have expounded unto us so that we may see from your Holy Word as the Holy Spirit leads us to understand what you want from us, God. Help us not to be like Judas and take it all for granted. But Lord, may we be like you and labor, Lord, in the thing that you would have us, the prayer, the the seeking to fellowship with you. God, may we truly have and be a people of prayer and a people of your word. Lord, as the altars are open, as our church moves forward to grow, may we be individuals who are moving forward in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we